Hello and welcome to the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Morts, and I don't have my uh, colleague, Southo Dan, with me tonight. We will be recording tomorrow a season review, but we wanted to get some content out. So I went and found probably the next best guest that I could find outside of Dan, and that's a forum member on sharksforever.com, Mr. Sharky, uh, Evan Rabakis. I hope I said your surname correctly. (laughs) Terry, it's perfect. You said right. it. Well, look, you've got to have it with a Greek accent. It's I don't, Rebecca's. Yeah, that's, I, I can't do that, right? As a British man <laughs> with an Australian accent, I can't do Greek. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. No, thank you. Thank you for having me on board, uh, Terry. I really appreciate it, mate. Look, it's been, a, it's been a long time coming. We've been chatting about doing a podcast for a couple of weeks and life just gets in the way. Um, unfortunately, I thought, you know, during COVID, work and, and everything would slow down for me, but it's only just picked up like... 150 percent so mm. yeah yeah i assure you i assure you mate it, it, that's just what happens mate it's the same in same over here it's just been crazy covid's just unbelievable yeah you're holding up well during it though or look it's been difficult um the missus and i are doing all right look we live separately um we just got engaged well, earlier this year. Congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, so, look, we're luckily we can still see each other, um, so that's fine. Uh, but other than that, it's been you know, ups and downs, but I'll be honest, Terry, mate, I'm, I'm one of those people that can live at home and work from home, so... Yeah. Look, I miss going to Shark Park. Let's just say that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm quite lucky. I can work from home as well. So yeah, yeah. No, look, it's it's been good. I just want to. I'm going to put a photo up, and this was not planned whatsoever. But we've both turned up in matching jackets, and we've got matching moustaches. The difference between Evan and I right now is I've got a head full of hair, and his has fallen out going through these games we're going to review. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, what, what we're going to do now is, for the, for the purpose of this podcast, we've picked five games that have shaped Cronulla's season. Now, one of them that we are going to talk about is a win that we had, uh, and we are going to review some painful losses. So I'm going, to, I'm going to kick this off. I asked Evan to pick two games. I've picked three games. I'm going to start off with a win that really defined our season, and that was a win against our arch rivals, the St. George Illawarra Illawarra Dragons. Not round one, but it was the last game that Chad Townsend played for us, and it was the Golden Point 13-12 win. Now, I went back, and I had a look at this, and I had a look at the Dragons' outs, and I had a look at our outs, and the Dragons dead set fielded a New South Wales Cup team. Uh, with Ben Hunt and Andrew McCulloch. And we fielded an okay team, but, man, we should have won by more than a point. And it came down to the final day. For and against was a big part of this. And I just feel that this is the game where we should have smacked our rivals by about 40 points. And instead, we relied on Chad Townsend to leave us with the lasting memory of a field goal. Talk to me about this game, Evan, and your feelings going through it. Mate, Terry, completely agree. Uh, this is just one of those games where we had the opportunity just to put the points on and really, really give it to the Dragons. Um, mate, look, being, you can, I'm one of those Sharkies fans that's been born and raised in the St. George area, right? I hate it. I hate every moment of it, right? I loathe it. This game... Could have been another another good, good, solid win. Unfortunately, I felt the boys held back a lot with this one. Um, 
I'm not the biggest Chad Townsend fan. Um, you might see sometimes on the um, on the forum. Um, I'm glad. Look, I'm glad he left winning this game um, with the field goal. I'm glad uh, Hannay didn't go back on his word and put him back for the next week. But again, this game could have been a good blowout for us and some good quality points. Again, Sharks. You ask them to do something. They just won't do it. Yeah. Um, th- this yeah. was this was supposed to be the first week that Townsend got dropped, but Sean Johnson pulled up lame during the seat, like you know, dur- yeah. during the week, as he does. Um, now this did kickstart a little bit of a winning run for us, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, we went on to win four in a row. Um, but again, you have a look at the quality of the opposition against the quality that we put out there, and you know. What, you go back through the archives on Sportsbet and you have a look at every round. 13 plus, for the Sharks to win this game, 13 plus, was under $2. That shows you the difference in the, the quality of the teams that were put out there. I was at the game and my daughter slept from kickoff to the end of Golden Point and I, you know, I envied her that she didn't have to sit through that. It was a, it was a dreadful game. I all, but this isn't the... It, it took a bit of toing and froing on this against the other one that I wanted to, to bring up was the, the Penrith game where we only won by a field goal as well. But, um, you know, still the, the quality of that Penrith side that was put out there was a lot different to the quality of the Dragons team. It was it yep. was a very frustrating game. But, too, just to, just to get there, mate, I, I find with our derbies, right, I like with derbies, no matter what team they've got on paper, I always feel like the Dragons stand up. Yeah. Um, this is the one game I feel as though, besides maybe the Anzac round when they versus the Roosters, I really honestly believe something happens to the Dragons and they just turn up for our games. Um, and there are times when, you know, I think when we were versing them in 2016, one of the good years, right? And we're on top and they're some below the grade average of the, you know, of the team, right? And they just turn up. Yeah. And this is just, I think it's just a local derby matches. Form is kind of out the window, um, which is surprising because I don't feel the same local derby passion as I used to anymore. But yeah. in saying that, the team, I'm looking at it now, I'm looking at the team on NRL.com, and you're right, it, it's. <laughs> yeah, we should have put some points on them. Yeah, and I know the game you're talking about in 2016 as well. Look. Yes, we 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 had indifferent form, but we were first, and they were about. Oh, sorry, we were third or second, and they were thirteenth. And there's a story behind this game. Um, I got completely pissed before the game, and I, it was it was a good friend of mine, his twenty first birthday, and I bought him, my wife, and myself the um, the women in league jersey from that year, and. Every time I wore that jersey, we lost. So I ended up selling it in 2018 because I didn't want to touch it anymore. Just looking at it was a curse. But you're right, the Dragons do lift. And and even in round one, you know, we were up 14-12 against them and they had all the momentum and they had that the the Cody Ramsey try taken off of them because the Jack Bird knock on and then we go down the other end and score. But, you know, round one we should have... I mean, we won that game 13+, plus, but you've got to think that just one of these games, either this game or the Penrith game, if we'd won by 20 points, it puts a little bit more pressure on the Titans. Maybe they don't go out there and, and smack the Warriors. Who knows? 
But, you know, essentially in that, in that Titans-Warriors game, our season was over at halftime. And I look back at this game and just go, if we just won by 20 or 30 points, we'd probably be playing finals footy and, and getting knocked out by the Roosters. Yeah. Um, no. If, if, as I said before, as I said earlier, mate, Whenever we want Cronulla to do something for us, yeah. it's not. It's going to go the opposite. It's going to go completely the opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Now, what's the first game that you've picked for us? Okay. The first game I picked was round five, Sharks versus Roosters at the uh, SCG. Uh, the missus and I, we actually went to this game. We love going to the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um I don't know why, because I just have this heritage thing about I love old school rugby league and, and all that mumbo jumbo crap. Um, look, this game, for me, if we won this game, a lot of things I personally believe would have changed. I think momentum would have come our way a little bit. Um, a little bit of confidence would have come to it. But this was a game, I believe, where the first half were going all right. Um, things looked okay going good we we were up i think what 18-4 yeah i remember there was a sharky behind me and i we looked back at each other i looked back at him and he looked at me and i said what is this <laughs> this is unheard of why why are we winning this company this company right and second half came and yeah okay we know that we know that story but terry just i think it's a typical thing where it's the our defence, our line speed was just non-existent and, and I think that's just been something that's happening the whole season yeah. um, I would say shit, probably the last three, four years our line speed defence just we just hang, we just watch and it just, it's infuriating because sometimes what gets it, it's the one player like say Talakai, someone puts a big hit and all of a sudden for the next couple of sets, we, we rush up. But after that, we just fizzle out, right? But with the Roosters game, it was a bit of that. And, mate, we had Chad Townsend get stood up by Hutchinson and Walker twice. The softest attempt of tackling I've seen, where two tries went in, I don't know how I stayed there for the rest of the game. Um I think that was the one game that really pushed my patience with Townsend. Um, again, I don't only one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only one of many. Yeah. Um, I don't want to bash the bloke. No, no I, I, I don't want to. Um, but again, uh, it's just frustrating. Yeah. It's just frustrating. There was also that soft uh, Tupo try from um, on the edge with Ronaldo just. I don't know what he was doing. He just flung himself around and, yeah. It yeah, was didn't just, put his body on the line. Just, yeah. And then it was just a few other things where Morris's try as well. Um, soft defense from Harati. Look, that game, we looked the goods, right? We did look the goods. Um, I saw a few kicking uh, stats. Chad Townsend was doing the majority kicking. Um, again, I think he did 19 kicks out of 21 or 22 kicks. You can't put that much pressure on the one half. No, no. Um, that I was a big had, that was a big problem for us. Yeah, um, and that that kind of showed as well when we have Trindle playing the last you know half of the season. 
um, Trindle playing a lot of the kicking himself. Hmm. And the put, yeah. But look, again, this this round against the Roosters, if we won, look, no. we had who else did we have after them? I think we had um, we had a win in we, the middle of it. We, yeah, we had Roosters. Then we had the Knights the week after where oh, no, we, we lost yeah. 26-22. You know, a bit of confidence going to that. We could have won. And then the Bulldogs, mm. which that, we'll talk a little bit later on. <laughs> yeah, well, I've also got that Knights game on here as well. But ah. that, that Roosters game, the the one at the SCG, it was actually Rich Ossington, um, who we always pay out on. It was his Bucks night that night. And we're at the, we're at the Wenny Dogs track. And sitting there watching the game, not that many people there. You know, we've got prime seats, this big group of us, we're watching the game. We're up 18-4 and there's 20 minutes to go or 15 minutes to go. And I, I you know, five, well, 10 minutes beforehand, I copped a massive migraine. Right? And I don't know why because I, even though I was refreshing myself with beer, I was also refreshing myself with water. But it just, I got a headache and I was like, you know what? I've got to pull the pin. I can't look at these lights anymore. I can't look at the TV. I've got to go home. And uh, another friend of mine, Evan, turned around and goes, all right, I'll jump in the Uber with you. So we jump in the Uber together. And as we're leaving, all the boys turned around and said, you two better not have jinxed this game by leaving because we're winning when we're all together. We're like, seriously, it's 18-4 with 15 minutes to go. Go fuck yourselves. This game's done. We're going home. By the time we get in the Uber, it's 18, 10. We're like, don't worry about it. 10 minutes to go. Cronulla will close this game out. We haven't even left the city. And Evan and I go, go back, go back. <laughs> oh, God, what a game. That, that, was, that was the game where the Roosters said that Townsend was sledging Walker. Townsend said he didn't. The info that I got told was after it went up 18, 4, we scored a try through Sam Walker. And Chad Townsend ran past him and said, welcome to first grade, son. And uh, then, uh, you know, they come back and Sam Walker scores a try and Tubo scores a try. And, of course, you don't need to give much to Victor Radley, but he uh, he sure as shit gave it a ch- to chat after that. So, yeah, we win that game. We're in the finals. Yep. Let's, talk about, let's talk about the round six loss to the Newcastle Knights. Now, this is a game that pissed me off. No uncertainty. All we had to do was defend that set. And the kick that the Knights put in to win that try, to, to win the game and score that try, fuck me, it went 10 metres backwards. When when that ball got kicked, I laughed. I was like, how fucking easy is this? We've won the game. And then the next minute, Brody Jones gets the ball to Frizz and they score. I get, Frizz gets it to Ponga and they score. And I was, what just happened? You know, what happened? Uh, Terry, mate, I've actually blocked this game out of my memory. Um... Yeah, Lucky you. I, Lucky oh, you. It's this, this just our story, isn't it? Mm. It's our bloody story. The seven and what the seven and seventh minute? Yep. Ponga scores. Mate, I Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating. Um what well, what was what was that looking like? Well we had We're Jesse up. scored on twenty third. Yeah. Britain, uh, Nakora, 42nd. Yeah, look. We, we, we were up 22-20. Hiroti scored that miracle try where his feet went up in the air. Couldn't yeah. buy a try against the Bulldogs the week before. Scores that absolutely cracking try in the corner. Townsend nails the kick. Like, fair credit to Townsend. His goal kicking was pretty spot on this year. Absolutely nailed that kick. And you're like, 
all we've got to do is defend. And you're, the one thing that you said about just before was our defense. We don't move up. When that kick went 10 meters backwards, if you go and watch the replay, and I challenge anyone to watch the replay of this because it's awful, but when the kick goes up and it goes backwards, we don't move. We yeah, just stand there. And, and we watch them pick the ball up and then run 10 meters at us. So they've got all the momentum. And it's just, you just sit there pulling your hair out going like, if we just moved up, we shut that down. It's just, it's just poor. Yeah. Look, I don't know. Are we asking too much? Yeah. Is it too much? I, I, it's just absolutely frustrating. Um, Our our defense, going back to the defense and the line speed, I find that our players, a few of the players kind of just get stuck. It's like they just don't know what to do. They don't trust the man inside. Um, It was another game, I, I think it's going back to, the Bulldog. We'll talk about the Bulldogs game after, but just no line speed, yeah. no lateral speed as well. No one, no side to side movement. Um, I co- see a lot of our cover defense. Yeah, a lot of pointing. We don't, but we don't a lot move. Of pointing. Yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, you've got this guy. We've got this guy over here. Yeah, 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 but you don't. You absolutely don't. And then it's just falling off in the sh- lot of shirt grabbing. Oh, oh mate. And, the, and the, the worst part about that game as well. Was it was you know it was Callum Ponga's return from injury, and we know like every, in twenty eighteen the Knights came to Shark Park and Luke Lewis made it a personal mission to fucking destroy Callum Ponga that day, and oh no it was up it was up at Marathon it was up at Marathon, <laughs> and um, since that time there when Luke Lewis retired Callum Ponga's like right I got a grudge against the Sharks we haven't beaten them since. Since that game. And every time we've played him since then, Kalen Ponga has killed us. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to take a little bit further back than that, Terry. I Look, I know we've beaten the Knights a couple of times since this part, but we've, I can't remember which year. might have been 2016 when Paul Gallen in front of the media in the press conference said, we played the New South Wales. He was comparing yeah. their team to the New South Wales Cup team, right? Yeah. I think this was, might have been one of the, our last big wins against Newcastle. And I actually believe, I think it was against Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he yeah. said it against. I think ever since then, Newcastle have made an, at least a point to put a, a extremely more effort into yeah. winning the game against us. Yeah. even um, the, So the, the, we won that game 62-0 yeah. and Gallon said that. And then we, we played them at Shark Park like towards the end of the season. And, you know, the Knights scored the first try of the game. It did did get taken away from them, but they scored the first try of the game. And then, you know, you just felt that we were going to smack them. And I think we scored seven tries, but we only kicked four goals. So we won 36 to four. But it was a game, again, where you feel like we should be putting 50, 60 points on these guys. And they just put that effort in. 2017, again, we dusted them a couple of times. But they put that effort in. 2018, we dusted them a couple of times. And as I said, Luke Lewis made it his personal mission against Ponga <laughs> since then. And it's like Ponga circles a couple of teams. He's like, right, I'm going to I'm gonna play really well against the Sharks. And I'm going to play like shit against the Bulldogs. Everything else is a lottery. And yep. he carved us. I think he had like 240 metres, two tries, two try assists. 
Uh, it was Brody Jones's debut as well, and Brody Jones had an absolute cracking game. They had another kid out on the wing that debuted as well. I can't remember his name. He only played a couple of games. I'm pretty sure he, if he didn't score a try, he went pretty close. So, But again, frustrating game because we just hold off that one play. And that's all it was. It just came down to that one play. If we just stop that kick, we win the game. If you look, if, I'm looking at the halves as well. You had Kurt Mann at 5'8", and you had Blake Green at halfback. Yeah, yeah. A Blake Green kicked a 40-20 against us. And look, at look. I know we've got our opinions about Chad. That was one of his better games, though. Yeah. Yeah. Look, don't forget, we also play, play, we play players back into form, too. You know that. That's a Cronulla special. Yeah, it is, because there's another game that I want to talk about where we played against a certain set of halves, and you looked at those halves on paper and you're like, we should hammer them, and we fucking lost. So looking, yeah, I remember Blake, Blake Green and Kurt Mann, me and my mate were in a, a chat and we were like, Blake Green and Kurt Mann, what's the worst that could happen? Five minutes before kickoff, I remember going in, I have a feeling Blake Green's going to kill us. And it was Blake Green and Caleb. Blake Green's kicking game that day was abs- It was like vintage Blake Green. So, Where was that for 2008 preliminary yeah. final? Oh, mate, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, so we've we've covered the uh, the Knights loss. What's your second game that you're bringing to us? Uh, this one will be round eight, uh, round seven actually. Uh, Sharks versus Bulldogs. So directly after the Knights. Oh my god! This was... why? Why did you? Why did you make me relive these memories, Evan? <sighs> Mate, this, i got to admit, I'm very thankful I didn't watch the whole game. Um, I think there was something, I was on, I was doing something that day. But, ah, oh, guys, if you like, I know you guys can't see, but I'm, my hand is, my head's in my hand at the moment. It no, I'm, I'm just, taking photos as we go, mate, so people will see this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I've got no social. They'll probably rip me a new one on, on the SF um, forum. So, yeah. um this game was just—I don't know. I the the one thing that really, the one thing that really got me about this game at the end was the way Sean Johnson conducted himself after the game. Very chirpy, very happy for the interview, looking all right and stuff. And that's when I was like, you know. I I can see why Fitzgibbon might not want him around. Um, but again, I'm digressing. But this game was just soft. Yeah. Um, did not have a good game. Um, I feel bad for him because there was one. There was a Kotrick try in the um, the tenth, eleventh minute where Dugan jumped up. He was flat-footed. You know, Kotrick was ready for it. He was going for attacking it. Dugan was just standing up and he knocked the ball. Tracy was just standing around looking for it. In that, in that moment, right, in that defence, for me, I would have thought Dugan should have been more of a, a blocker and Tracy was the one to run up and catch the ball and contest for the ball, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but that's how I saw it. I don't think Dugan should have went for the ball. I thought Tracy should have went, you know, jumped for it, Dugan the block. Dugan... Um, there was another try that Dugan. What, what's the Hopawati try? Yeah. The first one. Oh. Yeah, he got he got stepped and palmed, and they just scored straight through him. Oh, it was just. Yeah, yeah look that 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 that, Kot- that Kotrick try was 
you're right. Dugan was flat footed and blind Freddy. Like I'll, I'll tell you the story about this afterwards, but blind Freddy at that ground could have seen that that kick was going to Nick Kotrick and Will Hopewadi. Right, everyone knew that that kick was going there. Instead of going backwards to run at the at, to run at it, Tracy and Dugan actually moved up. And you're like, this is the one time we don't want you to move up. And he was flat-footed, and, and he, he the ball just went straight through his hands, and Kotrick scored. Nightmare of a game. But uh, Dan and I actually took our kids to the game. So I picked him up, jumped in the four-wheel drive. We're like having a great day. Take the kids, get some ice cream. You know, we get there early, and... With the the game the the day it just it said everything to us that we were watching the Bulldogs versus the Sharks jersey flag, and uh, it's a close game. Bulldogs are up by two points, and Jensen uh, Tamopia makes a break, and if he looks left, fullback Janai Lua Lua's on the inside. If he looks right, the uh, the wingers are marked. I don't know who the winger was. So he had he had. Like four or five different options that he could have done. Like he could have chipped, he could have, you know, he could have grabbed it on the inside, he could have chipped over the top, pass either way. Instead, he tried to run around the fullback, and, and Jensen's a big boy, and this fullback was really small, so I could see what he was thinking. But all the fullback did, all the Bulldogs fullback did was back off, wait for him to get to the sideline, and then just ran and pushed him into touch. And, and from that, we lost the game. And Dan and I were like, this is an omen. And, then you, you watch the warm-up, right? The Bulldogs came out, and you could hear them hitting the pads. You could hear them hitting each other. Two of the Bulldogs forwards, and we're pretty sure it was Renault for Tony and uh, Raymond for Tiller Mariner, looked like they were going to punch on in the warm-up. They were just hitting each other that hard. You have a look at our boys. They were warming up, and they were like you. They had headphones on, warming up. Wow. And, you know, Chad's putting in some kicks, and he's goal-kicking, and he, and he was kicking really well, but... He was putting up these bombs, and no one was there to, to kick him. Now, uh, Daniel Holdsworth was doing a lot of um, grubber kicking with Will Kennedy because it was a bit. the ground was a bit wet, so you could see he was putting the grubber kicks in, which was really good. But Chad was putting these bombs up, and, and normally you've either got your wingers or your centers, right? but our wingers and centers are just sort of like fart-assing around. And, um, you know, Toby Rudolph and Aaron Woods were like doing their drill where they, they run from the... The, the 10 in line to the sideline, right? They just run backwards and forwards. And someone from the crowd yelled something out to Woodsy and Woodsy and Toby turn around and start waving and walk over and have a chat. And we're like, is this for real? Like, you have a look at the team down there that hasn't won a game. They're fucking ripping each other's heads off. Our guys are down here, like, taking selfies and listening to music. And, it was, yeah, really frustrating. And, and you know, we're down 18-0 and CSC Italico absolutely leveled their... Their center, uh, center or winger, I can't remember yeah. who it was. He, oh, no, he, he hit an interchange player. And uh, no one said anything about it. The Bulldogs players didn't even react to it. All of a sudden, it, you know, it goes back three tackles and it's a penalty. He gets simbined. We're down 18-0 and you're like, Jesus Christ, we could we could really be down 30-0 going into yeah. half time. It fired us up. But the problem was we just had no creativity that day. Like nothing nothing happened for us. Mawini Hiroti bombed four tries. Yeah, <laughs> Look, Terry, going back to going back to the Aaron Woods and um, Toby Rudolph thing in the pregame, I think that's a good description of how much we are lacking leadership and professionalism 
in this team this year. Yeah, that's great. I heard we heard things about Will Chambers coming in and you know really talking to the boys about wearing your polos and uniforms. You know, just talking to sponsors. That's great and great. But on field leadership was void. That shit, part of my language, does not happen in 2016, 2017, and any time around. No. To say the to say the least, right? That, from what you've told me, and I, I, I've heard that I heard that before when, I, and I read it as well, where the boys were just you know not taking the pregame seriously. That is a good indication of where we were this year, just lacking that leadership and professionalism, right, and respect, respect, and that's what really. Pissed me off this season. Um, I've seen shit seasons, 2009, 2010, all those crap seasons, right? I remember walking with my dad outside the Sharks Leagues Club so we don't lose our club, right? And I remember there was players in our squad walking with us and everyone was there. To see how they performed was an absolute disgrace sometimes. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the the Bulldogs team list out to you because this is gonna make Go you this is gonna make you even sadder when I say this right. But fullback was Nick Meaney. On the wings were Tui Katoa and Nick Kotrick. Centers were Will Hopwadi and Corey Allen. The halves were Jake Avarillo and Kyle Flanagan. Forwards were Dylan Napper, Sione Katoa, Luke Thompson, Adam Elliott, Chris Smith, Corey Waddell. On the bench, Bradley Dietz, Renault Fatoni. Ava C. Manafanai and Matt Dory. We lost to that team. That yeah, loss right there cost us the finals this year. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, like, you can't even begin. Like, our halves that day, Sean Johnson was in the halves. Chad Townsend was in the halves. Like, our forward pack, Hamlin Ueli and Aaron Wood started. Nakora, Teague Wilton, Toby Rudolph. Our bench was Jack Williams, Talakai, Braden Trindle, Billy Magulius. Like, yeah. you know, there's, fuck, there's like, enough in our team hmm. to score yeah. more, 30 plus. Yeah. That was enough. Yeah. Right? And, and, I mean, we should have scored 30 plus. Mawini Harati definitely left four tries out there. And I'm, right. pretty, I'm pretty sure Connor Tracy got across the line and they held him up as well. Yeah. He, um, he didn't read his, he wasn't, hold, he was holding the sideline. Yeah. He was right on it. He got the ball and he put his foot out. Yeah, uh, there you go. You know, simple little things like you know Townsend kicking the ball to grab a Ryan to Flanagan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Showed us why we should have kept Flanagan. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know Trindle in the last what the last tackle. Look, I can't give him shit for that. Um, young bloke probably thought he could have done something. I'm not sure what he was doing. We did have the overlap on the left. Um, if he just kept passing it instead of taking the line on in the last second, um, yeah, yeah. yeah look, this the, the 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 one good thing that's come out of this season for Braden Trindle is he'll look back at some moments and go, "All right, I've made those mistakes. I won't do it again." And you saw him. You saw a bit of evolution in him. You know, yes, he he took the line on when he should have spread the ball. A couple of his grubber kicks didn't. You know, work out or didn't go more than three meters. Um, some of his kicking options were quite poor, but then you see his other games. What he's capable of: the West Tigers game, his cutout balls, his grubber <sighs> kicks. You know, he he nailed an absolute forty twenty towards the end of the year. It was abs- you know it was perfect. I think it was against the Tigers. 
it was a perfect kick. So we're seeing why we've put the faith in him and re-signing him for two years. And I think he'll be Nico Hines' halves partner next year. And I'm really excited for that combination. But a couple of, yeah, there's a couple of plays from Trindle where you just scratch your head and go, I get you're a rookie, mate, but fucking hell, come on. Like, you've got Chad Townsend and Sean Johnson with Will Kennedy lined up to the left and you want to cut back to the right and try and pass the ball to a winger who has bombed four tries. And he was marked as well. Yeah. So, yeah, not the, yeah, as not, you said, Terry, this game, we... Yeah, this, this we, I'll, I'll call it, but this is the game that, that cost us the finals. 100%. Yeah. And the, 100%. The, the final game that I've got before we uh, have a chat about some uh, end of season and, and next season stuff, but the final game that I've got is the Broncos loss. 26-18 to the Broncos. And you mentioned the halves partnership of Kurt Mann and Blake Green. And then we just we just said Jake Averillo and Kyle Flanagan. We also left two points to a halves combination of Tyson Gamble and Brody Croft. Terry, this is, as I said, this is our speciality. Mm-hmm. Make the shit look like diamonds. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do. I think that's why we're still in the league. That make the shit look like diamonds. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, that game was just not as, but it was frustrating to watch. Um, obviously, the Bulldogs game, I would say, is probably the most because it was just, that was seriously handed to us. This. Yeah, this was just said. This was just yeah. I I'm lost for words. Yeah, there are, there's, there's there's no words for for this game. Um, so I've 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 brought the Broncos team list up now, and again, just looking at it, it really hurts me. But they had Tessie New, Corey Oates, Katoni Staggs, Herbie Farmworth, Jermaine Azako, Tyson Gamble, Brody Croft, Payne Haas, Jake Turpin, Reese Kennedy, Alex Glenn, TC Robardi. Kobe Hetherington, Keenan Palacia, Jesse Arthurs, Jordan Ricky, and Ethan Bullimore were the reserves. And you just look at that and go, how did we fucking lose this game? That's right. This was the one where Moini Harati was on the bench. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, Harati was on the bench. Uh, I don't get that. I don't, uh, think he, I don't think he got on either, did he? Yeah, I don't think he did. I think there was the one... I remember a lot of us were saying, what the hell's going on? Why do we have someone that we're not going to even play? Yeah, because it was um, it was, it was the next week against the Cowboys. Herodi was on the bench again, and we actually got a HIA to Jesse Ramian, so we put him on. But this game against the, the against the Broncos, we only played 16 players. Yeah. And this was for Tony Stagg's return game, wasn't it? Yeah, look, he, he did have... He had a really good game, but it wasn't a great game. Um, you know, he was marked up against Connor Tracy, who scored two tries. So, you know, we scored the first try of the game through Aiden Tolman, and then Alex Glenn, Tessie Neu, Connor Tracy scores right before half time to level it. Ethan Bullymore scores, Tracy scores. And then, for whatever reason, from that scrum play, we decided on the short side, on the blind side, we're going to make Toby Rudolph defend at center. And. Any half with half a brain, which is what Tyson Gamble and Brody Croft have between them, they targeted him. Neo runs the length of the field. Yep. I, I remember the one specifically. I was with the missus and the family, and I, the first thing I said is, what the F is Rudolph doing at centre? Seriously. Who told him? Who told him? 
get out of the scrum, mate, and you're going to defend in the centre. Well, whoever it was, hopefully they're not part of the team next year because... Uh, <sighs> yeah. It's and this in- is the one where Moylan got caught out as well, wasn't it? He had the... No, yeah, Moylan pulled out pre-game. Yeah. Typical fashion. So, you've got, you've got to have a look. The one guy who killed us in this game, Payne Haas had 19 runs for 219 metres. He had 110... Post contact meters. That is more meters than he had more post contact meters than Aaron Woods ran for meters. He's played the ball speed, killed us, uh, and I'm pretty sure he was up there in the tackles as well. I'm trying to find the tackles on here. Uh, tackles made. Payne Haas had 39 tackles, zero missed tackles, and he had three offloads. Like he destroyed us that game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm just looking through the bit of the highlights now. Remember the um, the whole Sione Katoa knock on the pass on to Ramian as well. Yeah. Um. Never seen that rule before. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't seen it since. Look, don't get me wrong. The pass was three meters forward, but you can't rule on a forward pass. Exactly. It, it, you you could tell the ref won the rule on that forward pass. It was all an excuse to rule on that forward pass. Mm which was just another sign of our refereeing standards in the NRL. It's yeah, just gone to shit. Because, like, essentially, basically what they're saying is any one-handed pass at the moment can be ruled a knock-on, was my interpretation from that, because you don't really have control of the ball with a one-handed pass. Yeah. <sighs> Terry, what can you do? Frustrating. This is just... Absolutely frustrating. So any of those, any of those four losses, and I mean the Bulldogs one is the, is the obvious one because they yeah. were they were whipping boys, right? Any of those games, the the worst part about it is, uh, barring the Knights, we win any of those games. It doesn't really change much in the season for the other teams, you know. But it it, it drastically changed us, yeah, missing the finals. And yeah. you've got to think, if we win those four games, which we were favourites in all four of them, should have won those games quite comfortably, you're not talking about an eighth-place finish. You're talking about, like, a top-six finish there. Yep. We yep. probably would have – I don't know if we would have jumped Parramatta, but we definitely would have jumped the Knights and had a crack at Parramatta. And, mm. you know, Parramatta was, was a game that, um, you know, was another one. Unfortunate that – you know, we lost four players to a concussion and then they changed the rules the week later, which didn't benefit us at all. But you got you got to get the feeling that if we, you know, if we were fit and healthy into that, we could have given Parramatta the same run that the Knights gave them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Parramatta aren't anything special. No. They're not at all. No, no, um, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. You're right, Terry. These games are just... Should have been. Um, you know, we'll be having a very. We'll be, we wouldn't be talking right now. We'll be still waiting for. You know what? It's probably what the second week or third yeah. week. What are we in now? Prelims. We're, yeah, we're in the prelims. We wouldn't. We wouldn't be yeah, playing anymore. Uh, but yeah. you know, you and I would be having a much more nicer podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's let's get rid of the pain. Let's talk about season twenty twenty two. The Fitzgibbon era is among us now. Um, what what were your thoughts on the whole handling of getting Fitz in, getting Morris out, the way it went, 
give us sum it up for us. Okay. I'm not going to be liked on this, but the game has changed away from the whole, you know, loyalty and stuff. And I'm, I've, I've met John Morris, um, very nice bloke. He's an awesome guy. He's done, you know, did a lot of great stuff for our juniors. You know, been with the system. Lovely guy. Um, obviously, well respected amongst the team. Um, but he, I don't think he was going to take us to the next level. Uh, we had an opportunity with Fitzy coming on board. Um, and the Sharks did the right thing. We got Fitzy. Whether or not we should have kept Morris in the loop is another question. Do I feel like we did him dirty? To be honest, might sound a bit cold. Not really. Um, I think we did the right thing. Terminating him, or not? Well, yeah, terminating him early. Yeah, I know might not look that great for us. But man, I'm looking at it from a business mind. It's hard to keep a you know a coach who's not going to be here for the next year, and players still be around and being coached. And uh, mate, I, I think we did the right thing. Um, I know there's a sentiment around John Morris is sacking, but having him still around would have been a little bit awkward. Mm. Um, also, considering him might have you know told of yeah, look, you don't know the man, you know the man's character. I, I doubt he'll be like that, but I wouldn't expect him to do this. But you know. You have that mind where, like, you know, if he does get signed up by some another club, is he talking to our players? Is he kind of, you know, rallying some people around him? Um, don't think he's the type of bloke to do that. But, again, I still think the club did the right thing. Cut our loss. Oh, no, cut our losses. Cut the ties. Fitzy is another level, next level. Uh, yeah. Experience that we need, leadership that we need. Morris was good, but I feel like he was just too close to the playing group as a, as a, a mate. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't it someone saying that um, there's going to be a mass exodus with him going? Yeah. Um, Molly said it. Yeah. yeah. Chad's gone. So. Yeah. That's okay. like the, the whole the whole thing about that ma- that mass exodus, right? Because obviously Dan and I run that rugby league outlaws show, yeah. and we actually had Molly on there for a little bit, and he was telling us like there's going to be heaps of players leaving. You know, the club's going to fall down the, the ranks. And, you know, for a little while we did. After we sacked Morris, we lost like five in a row or six in a row or something like that before we bounced back. But, and a couple of those losses we talked about were in that losing streak. But I'm not, I'm not, you know, upset about anyone who's left the club. Like Chad left, Aaron Woods has left, uh, Sean Johnson's left. And we don't know anyone else at the moment that, oh, Will Chambers has left us as well, right? But probably the only one out of them that I wanted to keep is Sean Johnson, but his attitude completely changed towards the club. Um, the you know the Morris Morris gets punted from the club. Talakai resigns. Kennedy resigns. Toby Rudolph resigns. Probably the three off contract players that we were like they must keep. We kept. Yep. Um, we then went out and signed the two best players on the market at the time. And that was Nico Hines and Dale Finucane. And, you know, I really wanted Adam Reynolds. But looking at it now, Adam Reynolds is a quick fix. Nico Hines, you know, we get him for about six or seven years. Dale Finucane, the experience, he's probably going to win another premiership. Dan and I talked about Dale Finucane. He debuted in 2012. He's never missed the finals. He's played in more grand finals than, than our squad combined. 
Um, he's just, you know, he's next level. Also, Cam McInnes as well. You know, that's that's a big signing. There's some players that are on our radar. We're waiting to hear back on, on you know, the independent assessment on Andrew Fafita, whether he can play again or not. Mm-hmm. Um, the story going around is once we hear back from that, there's going to be a big chunk of money available. Yep. And we're going to put it in front of two props, and the first one to get a release will be at the Sharks. That's the story oh. going around at the moment. Sounds good. Sounds promising. Now, um, today, yeah. today it was announced that we're not keeping Will Chambers because we want to get Braden Burns. I'm really happy with that. Braden Burns, 25 years old, loads of potential, big, strong, fast. Not the best run with injuries, but, you know, fingers crossed to change the scenery. With, with that, Terry, do you take Tracy out and put Burns in? I think Connor Tracy's done enough to have a spot in the team somewhere. Now I don't know, I don't know where, but he's done enough. Like he was, he was really good on the wing. He was really good in the centres. We figured out he's no good in the halves. I don't really want to be going into twenty twenty two with a utility player on the bench, unless that utility player you know, can play one through seven, which Tracy probably can, can cover a little bit of nine and can play lock. I would have huge reservations about him playing lock for us, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a tough one, and I'm glad that I don't have to make the call. If we signed, if we signed Braden Burns and they said, you know what, we're going to give Braden Burns first crack, Tracy's going onto the bench, and, you know, that was that. Um Okay, you live with it. If Braden Burns turns out to be no good, you know you've got Mr. Fix-It there. So either way, but I just feel that with Finucane coming, McInnes is coming to play lock, we're targeting another prop. If if we run with an interchange player on the bench, you're looking at two good forwards that are going to miss out. Yep. So, um, the, the one that I'm worried about that's going to probably miss out is Royce Hunt. I think I... In my starting lineup, I've actually put him in the starting front row with Finucane. Um, yeah. I just a bit of a bit of a left field, um, but I think I, I feel as though Hunt has that dominance and the aggression that can be leveled out with Finucane. Yeah, uh, we haven't had any aggression in our forward starting forward pack this year at all. Right, yeah. you know, no one's going to get scared with Tolman and Woods. No, um, no, not at all. Rude, I feel Rudolph might be a, a better interchange player, um, but seeing Hunt, how he played in twenty twenty, yeah, man. I, I mean, I mean, Dan and I made the absolute joke about Royce Hunt being on the bench and how he was going to get caught out, and he, he proved us wrong. I do like Royce coming off the bench because when you bring fatigue into it, the last thing you want is that man Mountain coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, yep. The prop that I'd actually have starting would be Braden Hamlin Ueli. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I yeah. I definitely agree with that one. I, I a lot of people have him coming off the bench. Yeah. Uh, I think Rudolph's uh, gonna come off the bench. Yeah, Rudolph I At I least for another season. To, yeah, he needs to stay away from Locke. Yeah. Rudolph. Um I think we need McKinnis at Locke. Yeah. Uh, that's the best game. We need that extra, you know, ball runner, um ball, uh, ball forward ball, passing. Yeah. Um forward passing game actually yeah. Um, but yeah no uh, Braden um, definitely needs to be at least considered in the starting yeah but, but you look, you're looking at we're, we're talking about if if Hamlin Ueli starts Rudolph's on the bench you've probably got Talakai on the bench and if Connor Tracy's on the bench 
then that means someone like Jack Williams, Teague Wilton, and and Royce Hunt are going to miss out. Yeah. What is, you know, two of those guys are going to miss out. If we then go and get another international forward, this is why I'm saying I don't think you can have Connor Tracy on the bench. But at the same time, you know, who knows? Like, who knows what's going to happen? Um, As you said before, luckily, you know, we're not making that decision. But I mean, I, it, it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't honestly surprise me if Cam McInnes started some games in nine and Blake Braley came off the bench. So when the fatigue factors come into it, Braley's fresh and ready to go. That that's something else that you know we've we've got to look forward to. Uh, aside from Royce Hunt, who's one player you're most looking forward to for the development in 2022? Trindle. Trindle. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Trindle. I, as I said, like I had my had a few doubts, especially with the Bulldogs game and a few other games when you started, but Trind, watching a few glimpses, well, not a few glimpses, watching the games that we started and. Trindle, he's just got that energy about him. Um, he's got this energy, him and Kennedy, when you see them together, they've just got this partnership. I mean, because I've been with Newtown Jets since I was 16. I'm 29 now, and watching them play last year or so, I know we didn't get this year, but they've just got this connection between both of them. Um, I think he's a great player. I've got a few Dragons mates of mine who wish they had Trindle at least coming through the ranks. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Trindle and see how he plays, um, you know, with Hines. And actually get a proper pre-season playing as our first-choice halfback, right? Mm. And because, you know, obviously this year in the pre-season, you had, well, you had Moylan, you had Townsend, you had Johnson. probably Tracy, yeah, Johnson in front of you. And, you know, he's probably more playing, he was probably just more the backup half, you know, Oh, yeah, Trindle, you just go there and you practice with the boys, blah, blah, whatever. You're with Newtown, right? But now he's going to have a full season, a full preseason with Fitzgibbon. He's going to have a different 5-8. Um, you know, he's going to build that in a partnership. I, I think Trindle is the player to watch. Um, with that, also, I think Kennedy is going to take the next step as well. Yeah. So the, the, the player that I'm really interested in, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go left field here because I bashed him <laughs> a lot this year. But CSC for Talakai, because in 2020, he was arguably our player of the year. Now, Sean Johnson won it because of his outstanding early season form. Talakai was definitely our second best player. He re-signs on a three-year deal, and he had a stinker, right? But he is the type of player, fast, strong, can play middle, can play edge, can fill in in the centers, can come off the bench, can start. He's the type of player where Fitzgibbon's got to look at him and go, you are the ultimate project player and I can get you on that New South Wales bench or I can get you on that New Zealand bench, whichever way you want to go. Or if you decide that you want to play for Tonga, I can make you a starting player for that Tongan team. He's the ultimate, ultimate Fitzgibbon project player. Toby Rudolph probably is as well, but Toby's really consistent. You know, he'll make you 100 metres, he'll make 40 tackles. Yes, he misses a few, but... We know where Toby is and we know what his trajectory is going to be like. Talakai has the ability to be a top-level representative player, and that's what I'm looking forward to the most. The other thing I'm looking forward to the most is Steve Price coming back. We actually have we actually have an assistant coach worth paying. Yep. Because this year, Josh Hannay was our assistant coach, and you're like, why? And then he becomes our head coach, and you're like, Fucking why, right? 
And and the year year before we had Craig Sandercock, uh, and he was our attacking coach or defensive coach, and then goes to the Dogs to be their attacking coach, and he's awful. The year before that, we had Jim Dimmick as our defensive coach. He's now the attacking coach of the Titans. Anyone who's anyone who knows about our 2016 Premiership winning team, Shane Flanagan turned around and deferred to Steve Price more than anyone. Steve Price had had our defensive line set, structured, fast. And now you're putting that with Fitzgibbon, who's the defensive coach of New South Wales, been around Australian teams, been around the Roosters. I am so looking forward to that. Yeah. But when, we, when I saw Steve Price, that the headline, him come in, oh, it was just yeah. a very, very smart move on our half. Oh, yeah. um, and we've made a lot of smart moves this year, but this is probably going to prove yeah. out to be the second smartest one we've made. It's it's close. We It's there with us re-signing Mooney. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that when again when I saw Mooney come on board, mate, it was just like, what's happened with the club? Yeah. I, I actually I actually didn't realise he left. Yeah, he, he built the Newcastle team. Yeah, he went to Newcastle. Then it was only what recently when Flanagan was talking about you know when he signed Dugan and all those players and those heavy handed. It was because you know he didn't have the direction of Mooney. Um, but yeah, going back to Pricey, I that that's a fantastic. Yeah. I. I could never understand why the Dragon supporters were, bag- were bagging the shit out of him. I just could not get it. Look, the the the, the thing about the Dragons fans, they don't know whether Arthur or Martha. You know, these guys <laughs> these guys gave Jack DeBell on a standing <laughs> ovation, so I don't really give a fuck what they say. Um, oh my! Look, I, I'm glad that we kept I'm glad that we kept Josh Hannay for a, another year because it gives that continuity, and yeah. and and Fitz has got someone to turn around and go right. You know, Toby's just not reacting to anything I'm saying. What did you say to him last year that got him going? And then, you know, you can get it moving that way and have those conversations. I was a little bit worried that, you know, I know we were targeting Cameron Serraldo. And if we got Cameron Serraldo, it's like, it's a huge coup, right? But if you're going into next year and your head coaching staff is Craig Fitzgibbon, Cameron Serraldo and Josh Hannay, you've got two assistant coaches and an interim coach. At least we've got, at least we've got a guy who's been there been our assistant coach, won two competitions as an assistant coach, done really well in what with Warrington, hasn't won a premiership yet, but they're, they're you know top four this year. He's won a couple of Challenge Cups. He's also going to know which English players that we can target, which is fantastic because we haven't had that connection in the UK for a while. Yeah. Second best signing we've made this year behind, well, out of the outside of the playing roster, this is the second best yeah. move we've made. Underrated one. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. And it's going to show. Yeah. Ev, we're just about out of time. Is there anything you want to plug? How can people get in contact with you? You said you don't have socials. You don't have Twitter, Instagram, or anything like that. Mr. Sharky on sharksforever.com. What else have you got for us? Mate, uh, just keep plugging along, guys. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Just keep looking after your health, uh, mental health. We're all suffering. We're all going to go through this. Um, guys, Talk as well, and I've also put out to the team on the for, on the forum. If you guys need any, you know, someone to talk to, I'm more than happy. Um, guys, just be easy on me, be gentle on me, because it's my first time here. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, hopefully not the last. Um, yeah, definitely won't be I, the last. Ed. We'll get you back. It was really enjoyable, and you know, next year when we come back to Shark Park, I'll, you know, I we'll think a thousand beers. Sell, do we sell rushes? No. Nah. Sharks. Ah, oh, damn it. Well, look, the next best thing, I'll shut you guys in here, okay? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have a couple of hundred beers down there. Look, I don't know if I'll be able to get you back on the show because you've got a better moustache than me, but 
It's been a Greek in me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on. Have take care. Thanks, mate. Cheers.